Hello, and welcome to the Urban Permaculture Podcast. I'm Heather with Hogs and Hens Urban Farm, and you may have noticed that I was missing last week. Well, I have a condition called postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I know it's a mouthful. We call it POTS for short, and it it's a condition that affects my autonomic nervous system disorder, my autonomic nervous system, excuse me, um, and it's a disorder of that system. It causes all kinds of crazy symptoms, and most days I am able to go about life as usual and carry on as, as most people do, but there are times when the symptoms from that condition are just not allowing me to do the things I normally can and would love to do. Um, So with that in mind, um, I had a really severe episode last week um, with my POTS and it causes some serious brain fog issues and it causes some extreme fatigue as well as dizziness and nausea and other things. And in talking to Bob, we decided that it was best for me not to record last week. Um, I just, I did not sound like myself and words are hard when I get into those, um, when I get into those, those spells. So that's where I was. And, um, it actually got me thinking and it, it kind of changed what I was going to talk about this week. So next week's topic is going to be uh, a little different, but this week I actually want to talk about homesteading when you have disabilities. Um, so I am fortunate and I am able to hide my disability fairly well. Uh, most people would have no idea that I struggle with this disability, um, daily and I'm fortunate in that regard, but not everybody is as fortunate as myself. And as such, um, everybody has to make different accommodations to be able to make their lifestyle work. Now, we have done several things um, on our homestead that we use as ways to make, um, you know, things work for us. Um, Bob has a pacemaker and defibrillator. He um, has some serious heart issues. And as such, um, between his condition and mine, neither of us can handle the heat very well. Um, So if we're outside working in the heat of the summer, in the direct sunlight for long periods of time, it can really trigger both of us to get sick. So we've learned ways to adapt, and I'm going to share some of those with you today. One of the things that we've done to adapt is we do a lot of our gardening at night. Now, I I know a lot of people probably think that sounds crazy, and I know our neighbors think that we're absolutely out of our minds, but in reality, during the day, um, for the last month or so, it's been in the upper 60s to lower 90s, Um, Fahrenheit here in Ohio. And then at night, it's been dropping anywhere from the 40s to the 60s. So it's nice and cool at night without the sun beating down on us. And so that's the time where we like to go outside and do a lot of our planting. Um, Now you may ask yourself, but you won't be able to see at night. Absolutely, we can. Um, So we have lights strung up um, in our yard, which helps to be able to see. And then we also have some headlamps that um, just attach to an elastic band around our foreheads. They have an adjustable tilt on them so we can adjust the angles. And we are able to see directly in front of us. um, And we work quite well together in 
the dark. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I was planting some perennials on uh, on our side yard along the fence row. <laughs> and it was about one o'clock in the morning when I finished those up because I didn't get started until a little after 10. Um, but it was great because I got them done and then I was able to water them in right away. And because I was night watering, they had plenty of time for the leaves to dry and they had plenty of time for all that precipitation that I had added to, I'm sorry, not precipitation, all of that water that I had added though, um, to absorb into the soil around them and to thoroughly soak the mulch around them um, without you know, risk of sun scald, which can happen when you water during the day. So while it made it so that I could tolerate being, you know, out in the wide open and planting, it also meant that I was able to water. So it was a double good for us in that regard. Another thing that we do to adjust for our disabilities, um, I have a garden bench that I use when I garden. And um, actually, our good friend Mike got it for us as a wedding gift, and it has been a game changer. Um, it's an adjustable bench, so you can flip it upside down and kneel on it and use the legs as handles to help push yourself up so that you can be bent down and working on things without your knees digging into the mulch. Um, or in my case, because I struggle sometimes when I, I'm on my knees to be able to get back up without using something to push myself up. Well, in my garden, my raised beds are not designed in such a way that I can sit or kneel on them, nor are they designed in such a way that I would use them to push myself up. So that's where this bench comes in really handy. The cool thing about this bench is I can flip it the other direction and what I had used before as handles to push myself up can then be legs and I can sit on an elevated platform. So when I'm working at my planting table, for example, or when I'm digging around in my flower beds out front, which are uh, much higher raised beds, I am able to be right level with them. Um, so one of the struggles I have with my condition are that I cannot be bent over at more than about a 45 degree angle for any length of time or my blood pressure um, fluctuates rapidly and I get dizzy you know, or I'll just pass out. Um, it is it is quite an issue with me changing positions. And so I use that bench as a way to maintain that constant. Um, another thing that I use in order to help me when I'm feeling less than stable, I actually have a wheeled walker and a lot of my friends and family may not even know that I have that. Um, some of my closest friends know that I actually auditioned for The Voice, the TV show NBC's The Voice, um, twice, once in 2017 and once in 2019. And when I went for my audition in 2019 in Baltimore, I was having a really rough time with my pots and standing for prolonged periods of time will make me dizzy. Um, and I knew that I'd be standing in line, so I caved in and took my doctor's advice and got the wheeled walker. Um, I don't use it often, but when I'm working in the garden for long periods of time, I do have it and it's something that I can use to help keep me steady on my feet when I'm roaming around the yard. And then I can also, in a hurry, turn it around and sit down if I'm not feeling the greatest and I need to quickly sit. I know I've got my own seat. I don't have to look for a chair. I don't have to try to run to my bench in the garden to sit. It's just right there for me. 
Um, now not everybody's going to have the need for a wheeled walker or any of these things. Bear that in mind. I am not a medical professional. I'm not an occupational therapist. I'm not a healthcare professional at all. I'm just telling you things that we have used around our homestead to, um, kind of assist in how we are able to homestead, um, even with our disabilities. Um, and I'm going to give you a few suggestions that people that are close to me have used um, for disabilities that they have encountered as ways to still be able to garden. Um, another thing that's important is if you have mobility issues, looking into options like raised beds are a huge uh, way to make them more accessible for you. So if bending and squatting and getting down into your garden bed is a struggle, then having a raised bed may be exactly what you need. It's important to make sure when you're designing your walkways as well that you factor in um, any durable medical equipment that you may need. So in my case, we made sure that our walkways are wide enough that I could wheel my walker through um, when my condition gets really bad, if needed, I can wheel a wheelchair through. Um, and there have been a few times where I have been really close to needing to have a chair. Um, and I'm not there yet. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever be at that point. But we wanted to design our garden in such a way that as my condition um, progresses or changes... I have that ability to still do what I love out in my garden. Um, so designing with the future in mind in that regard is something that's really, really important. Um, another thing that's important in that regard with a mobility issue is to make sure that whatever you're using for your pathways is something that you are able to traverse. So for us, we used wood chips, um, shredded wood, and while that is a fantastic option for us now, as we are comfortable to, um, you know, walk around and be mobile with our legs, as time goes on, it may not be conducive to me using a wheelchair or even my wheeled walker for prolonged periods or if I have to put a lot of force on them because the mulch is going to get caught up in the wheels. The, the wheels are going to trench into the mulch and it's not going to want to roll as smoothly, which negates the effectiveness of that, you know, that mobility device. So as time goes on, if I get to a point where I need more mobility device help, uh, we may need to relook how we've got our paths lined up in our green space because I want to be able to get out there and do the things and I need to use the tools. Well, I then that's more important to me than having the, the mulch paths that I love currently. Um, so that's something that's important and then, and, you know, makes it an accessibility thing. Another thing that you can do is to add handrails. Um, somebody said, well, but then you're not going to be able to get into your beds. Well, you are because you don't necessarily need handrails on all beds on all four sides. You really only need to have them on one side because the the railing from another bed can serve as your railing when you're on the opposite side. So you have a handhold. Um, and then on the edges, you can attach a handhold to fences or buildings or things like that, or even just a freestanding 
um, handrail, which can allow you to, again, have some mobility assistance with built-in things right there in the walk path. Now, you can think of those as when you're walking up a set of stairs, there's a handrail there. And with mobility challenges, you can use the handrail to steady yourself or to help yourself. Or if you're in a kneeling or sitting position, you can use it to help yourself, um, you know, stand upright. So that's something that is available. Um, Some things that I use in the garden are um, a lot of times I'll wear big floppy hats. Um, It helps with the, the heat for me. If I am doing some yard work during the daylight in the warmer times of day, I will put on a floppy hat and um, some loose clothing to help myself stay cool. Bob is famous for wearing his cowboy hat. Um, It's got a big brim, so it helps to keep him cool. Once again, it's really important for us to stay cool because once we get too hot or too cold, both of us have some troubles with um, thermoregulation or, or getting, you know, warming up if I'm too cold and cooling down if I'm too hot. My body really struggles with the ability to do that. Um, so that's something that is, you know, a thing that we deal with. Another thing that we do is we are very careful to make sure when we are in the garden that we always make sure to have um, an electrolyte drink with us. Uh, We prefer Gatorade Zero. A lot of times I'll also have pickle juice, uh, dill pickle juice. I like to sip on that. Um, And plain water as well. Staying super hydrated is really important for us with our particular um, conditions to um, stay hydrated because the more hydrated we are, the less our symptoms seem to affect us. So that's really important. One that I've really struggled with that I'm getting better about um, is asking for help. I am not somebody who does well with saying, hey, I can't do this. Can you help me? But lately, I've had some humbling experiences where I've had to just admit, hey, I can't do this anymore. Can you help me? And I've relied a lot on my son, Braxton. He has been an absolute gem helping out in the garden. Um, when it's the heat of the summer and we're getting, you know, truckloads after truckloads of mulch, he is quick to jump right up into the truck bed with a pitchfork or a shovel and away he goes and starts uh, throwing that mulch right away and doing all the things because he's more than happy to help um, when he knows that I'm struggling. I will gladly ask my roommate if she can assist us with some watering. Um, Sometimes I just don't have the strength to drag the hoses around and water. Um, And our irrigation system, we are making adjustments to that. So we're watering by hose right now, which is fine. But some days I just don't have the strength. So I'll ask my husband or our roommate, hey, can you assist me with this? I just can't do it. Now, if you don't have a spouse or a roommate or somebody living with you that can assist with these things, you can also maybe negotiate um, with some friends. Hey, I can't do this, but if you're willing to help me with this, I'll share the vegetables that we grow or the fruit that we grow or the flowers or, you know, I'll share my bounty with you if you'd be willing to assist. And it's a great way for people to come together and create their own little sense of community garden by you know, pooling their resources and abilities. So maybe you have a friend who's not so good at planning and organizing and mapping out um, and setting up a garden plan, 
but you're great at that. And maybe they're not so, you know, maybe they're really great at doing the physical things that you physically are not able to do. So those are just some options um, that we use around the house. You can also absolutely hire a professional to come out and and do a lot of the planting for you. Um, You know, you can do a lot of weeding and pulling the weeds if you so choose from an aesthetic standpoint. But as long as the weeds aren't crowding out your other plants, really weeding is something that I don't do much of in my garden. I just kind of let things go. Um, especially for things like dandelions, because if dandelions are there, I know that I've got compacted soil and the dandelions are telling me that because dandelions only pop up when there's compacted soil. So when they're in there, they're doing me a favor. So I'll even be. So if you could potentially hire somebody to assist you with the setup and planting of your garden, um, you know, that's another way that you can still maintain that garden and still have those fresh, delicious fruits and veggies and edibles around your, your homestead without necessarily having to do all of the work yourself. Now, you know, you got to do what you got to do. And I am a firm believer in adjusting and doing what you can with what you've got. Um, Not everybody is going to be able to hire out help and that's okay. You know, there are other things you can do. So if you have mobility issues, you can absolutely do an indoor garden. Um, I have the Stackies, um, Mr. Stacky. They are stackable tower gardens. I love them. And we use them this winter to grow things indoors year round. The great thing about them, they're totally customizable. So you can put them in a tower that you can, you know, adjust by putting on a table or creating a little bench. And then you can put it at whatever height is convenient and accessible to you. And you can grow a pretty good amount of plants right there in your home without even having to set anything up outside. You can also do container gardening um, in large flower pots that you can scatter around your property in areas that you're able to access. You can do uh, keyhole beds, which are designed to um, kind of be in a in a semicircle shape that allows you to access them from a central point. That's a way for you to only have one place you have to enter your garden. You can then reach the beds all around to do things. So that may be a way from a mobility standpoint to make things a little bit easier for you. Um, Those are just a few of the suggestions that I have. I am always, always, always excited to learn new ways that folks use in order to um, accommodate um, their own disabilities or different abilities. Irrigation setups, you know, putting in the effort to have an irrigation system set up, either drip irrigation or soaker hoses, things like that. It's something that is an absolute game changer. Um, We've got a, a set up currently, but we're modifying it because we've added all this extra space. So it's not currently installed, but let me tell you how simple that makes watering for me. I am able to go out and just simply turn on the spigot when the time comes. 
that my plants are ready to be watered. I have a moisture meter on it. It tells me, it knows when there's not been any rain and it'll turn on and I can program it and tell it, hey, I want you to be, you know, leaking water out um, and dripping or soaking, you know, and I prefer to water at night. Um, so I can set it up to do those things automatically for me. And again, that's a system that, you know, with, with some mobility challenges, you can have somebody help you initially set up, but then all you have to do is let it do its thing. It, it automates that process. Things like adding deep mulch to your beds allows them to retain that moisture and helps reduce the amount of effort that you have to put in um, in watering later. So it allows you to retain some of that energy that you would otherwise be expending on watering. So that's another option that you have available. Um, growing microgreens, that's something that can be done in any sized space. You simply need a container to grow in a little bit of shallow growing medium, your seeds and some water, and you know, you're gonna, you're gonna stack them up so that they are, um, you know, having reduced amounts of light and some weight so that the, the seeds think they're underground. They're gonna push up and grow to try to reach for the sun. And you're gonna withhold that for them to, to gain a nice, really strong stem. And then when they start to lift your tray up, take the lid off and put them under some lights and they're going to to green up for you and you'll have delicious nutritious microgreens. You can listen to my episode with Mark Tarziers from Dayton Microgreens um, talking a lot more about microgreens and why you should be growing them but it's something that you can do at any um, at any size space and it's a way that you can have fresh produce year-round. You can do it on a small scale. And even if you are differently abled and not able to get outside to do your gardening, it's something that you can do right on a kitchen table or countertop um, in a window. And, you know, you don't even need a grow light, really. You can put it on a south-facing window and just make sure to turn it. Um, I would recommend twice a day to make sure that you don't get directional growth, which is where the plants will grow towards a light source. So if you rotate it halfway through the day, it's going to continue to go straight um, as opposed to pulling itself towards the light. But microgreens is a great way for you to be able to do these things. Um, as far as livestock, you know, raising, raising rabbits and quail, um, they are raised in hutches, um, which are raised structures. They are super simple to care for. They're very small. They can fit into a smaller space and you can design them on a a raised surface so that you can slide a wheelchair or other um, assisted walking device underneath them to care for the animals. With those cages, you can put underneath their hutches um, catch pans to catch their droppings, and then you can then take the droppings from the rabbits and put it directly in your garden because it's cold compost. Or the quail droppings, you can just simply scrape into your compost bin and line with some fresh litter put it back underneath your cage and you're good to go. And those are all things that you can do um, fairly easily. Whereas with chickens, they need some ground space really to move around and do things. And so chickens, you know, are a little bit more physical labor than the quail or the rabbits. So that's an option that's available too for your homesteading um, 
you know, with, with some physical limitations. Now, again, I'm speaking only from my own experience. Um, everybody, you know, has their own levels of ability, but these are just, you know, things that I personally have done. Bob has done here, um, to make things easier. Also, you can store your garden tools in a repurposed mailbox in the garden. Um, that's what we've done. Uh, I have a repurposed mailbox that I have attached to a fence pole out in my garden. And I take my garden tools and I slide them inside there. And then when I'm roaming around the garden, all of my tools are right there, accessible. They're protected from the elements. I can just open up my little mailbox grab my tools and I'm not searching for them. I'm not having to store them in a place that's in, you know, not convenient. They're right there in the garden and I'm not making multiple trips in and out of my garden shed when it's the heat of the day and I need to do some things. Like I said, I do the majority of my gardening at night, um, which is different than most people. But when I do have to do things during the day, which does happen from time to time, I do have my tools right there in my little garden um, mailbox, <laughs> and it makes it really convenient for me to not have to go in and out of the shed when I'm not feeling the greatest. The other thing you can bear in mind, you know, not so much with livestock, but with plants, if you're having a rough day and you're struggling that day, it's okay to take a day off. Um, you know... There's been times that I haven't been able to get out and water my plants for three or four or five days past when I really wanted to. And as long as you've set yourself up for success by doing a nice deep mulch layer, they're going to retain a lot of that moisture and they're going to be able to have a little bit more drought tolerance. So setting yourself up with things like that are also going to be really important. Those are the main things that I have um, for tips right now for homesteading with disabilities. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways that you can make your hobbies adapted to your abilities. I've had to do it myself, and I'm hoping that I don't have to take time off of recording again. I'm hoping that you know, my, my heart condition is under control. We call it my heart condition. It's actually an autonomic nervous system disorder, but it seems to affect my heart primarily. And therefore we call it my heart condition, but my postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, typically I'm able to keep it in check and I'm hopeful that I don't have to abandon another week of recording, but if it happens, it happens. You know, that's the biggest thing I've learned with my condition is that I just accept things and move through them and move on with my day. Our next um, podcast is going to be talking about um, some some garden tips. Um, we've talked about seed starting. We've talked about mulching. We've talked about irrigation. Now I'm going to talk to you next week about putting all of that together and kind of what to do to keep your garden healthy and growing. So we're going to talk a little bit about fertilizers and soil testing and things like that, as well as things you can do to make your life easier later on down the line. So thank you so much for tuning in. I know this isn't our typical type of episode and, um, you know, I am no expert in disabilities. I only can speak about what I experience myself. If you have tips for others with disabilities that you would like to share, please check out our Facebook group, or I'm sorry, our Facebook like page, Hogs and Hens Urban Farm. 
on Facebook or reach out to me on Twitter at Hogs and Hens and share your tips with us because I would love, love, love to share those with our readers. If you haven't yet checked out our website, be sure to check it out, www.hogsandhensdayton.com. And again, if you're not following us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, check us out at Hogs and Hens Urban Farm. We would love, love, love to interact with you there. You can share things on the Facebook page and we can um, try to answer questions for you and go from there. Um, And I post updates about our farm in all of those places. I also um, will be sharing uh, tips that I learn along the way as I continue my courses. I am currently in school and taking classes to get my permaculture design certificate. I am so excited to be working with Verge Permaculture to learn all kinds of great information. So I'll be sharing things that I learned there as well on those pages. So thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to talking with you next week and And I hope your garden grows great. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Have a wonderful week.